When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Stevie Nicol. Later on in the programme, we reflect on Gareth Bale's career as he announces his retirement from football. But we kick things off with the news that Jao Felix could be heading from Atletico Madrid to Chelsea on loan. I tell you, it's a lot of money for what is quite a short period. Uh, report, reports are that including the salary and the fee, it could be up to $20 million. Uh, for more on this, let's welcome in Shoei Nader Manua and Julian Laurent-Jules. How close is this to being done? Yeah, I believe very close. Uh, it was clearly validated today by Todd Brady and, and the club and George Mendes, of course. And we know the relationship between, between Ekbali, Bowley and Mendes dating last summer when they, when they all tried to do that Cristiano Ronaldo move and deal and that Thomas Tuchel was the only one not wanting it. So it's not surprising. I mean, the line that they're trying to brief everybody is that he chose that Joao Felix chose the Chelsea project ahead of Arsenal or Manchester <laughs> United, which, let's be honest, there's no project here. And United and Arsenal didn't want to pay the absurd amount of money that this deal will cost for four months. It's like you said, 20, it's 20 million. 20 million for Joao Felix, who is a top player, there's no doubt, but he's a top player who would work in a team that is functioning, which is not the case of Chelsea Football Club right now. He's not the answer, certainly not on his own, to resolve all their attacking issues. So it's a lot of money. Let's hope for them that it works, of course. But if, if they think that is the answer, I think they get that wrong. More darts from Chelsea being thrown this time in Joao Felix's direction. Well, it just seems like another player that's been linked with a couple of clubs that they've gone, oh, <laughs> oh, let's not miss the boat again. Uh, look, for Portugal, he's had some really good games, more so than Atletico Madrid. You have to go back to, I think, the 18-19 the season, or almost five years ago when he was at Benfica. It was the last time he got in double figures. So, we know Chelsea's problem is they need a goal scorer or somebody who can work around the penalty box. This guy's another, you know, how many flair players do you need? You've got Mount who can do a bit of everything, you've got Sterling who can do a bit of everything, you've got Zayic who can do a bit of everything, you've got Kai Havertz who really isn't a front man, uh, you've got Pulisic who floats around. Have I missed anybody? I mean, don't you think? I mean, we can show, listen, we can show these goals all we want, right? It's like, he's not getting 20 of them a season, right? All right, he's done some great things, but he's a good player. But don't you think they're desperate times and need desperate measures? Right. I mean, they need something to, to get them going. They need something to, to, to get the team going. They need something to get the crowd going. They need something, and they're struggling. And to bring in a player of his quality, yes, it's a lot of money, but they're in desperate need. Right. Why not give it a try? Because Why I not? I, 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 I suppose in that sense it's worth the gamble. Yes, but of is it going to pay is. off, though, given, as Craig said, this is a player who hasn't exactly lit but things up since that big money move? What other options have we got? Zero. Mm. So, if you've got the money, yeah. 
pay it for a guy that's got talent. Right. No but question. Well, you won't find one person on the planet that doesn't say, Charles Phillips is talented and can score goals. Mm. And if you're sitting where Chelsea are and, and performing the way Chelsea is, you need something to give you a spark. And if you've got the money and you can afford it, why not get a guy like him and bring him in and try and lift the place? And maybe it works out. And if it doesn't work out, then he goes back in four months' time. Okay, you've lost a lot of money, but hey, if you've got a lot of money and you can afford to do it, mm. as I said, the position they find themselves in, I, I don't think it's the worst idea. Does that make sense, Nathan? Uh, to be honest, I think I agree a little bit with Stevie. I think they are searching for that spark. And obviously, Jao Felix and his track record wouldn't suggest that, you know, he's going to be an obvious way to make it happen. But perhaps, I think when we saw Chelsea yesterday, they were so, so bad. And obviously, they have the injury record that they have, but they need something. Maybe he's going to provide that. Maybe he can instigate a bit of form within the side and bring the best out of the other players around him. But what I really would love to know is what's this Chelsea project what if that's actually a thing like what was said to him you say like this is graham potter he's going to be here for five six years we're going to win the league we're going to win the champions league like what is that or is it just i don't know just cold word for you know we've got some money and this is what we're going to do we're going to bring you in and also for me if it was such a great project wouldn't someone come on a permanent deal instead of deciding well maybe six months is all i need and very quickly you realize that six months is all you could even handle so i think it's an interesting deal but i'm i'm with stevie you know benefit of the doubt Maybe something will spark if he if he joins because if they play like they did yesterday against Man City, you know they probably won't, they'll probably be seventh or eighth in the Premier League, and what a mess that is for Chelsea, for Chelsea Football Club. Haven't they got enough talented players that are inconsistent? I suppose I mean, the argument is has Joao Felix been given a proper run in this Atleti side? I mean, we know it's similar. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was there not a bunch of people in here when 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 Philip Coutinho was going to Aston Villa initially on a loan? said, this is crazy, we want to waste this money on him. But he goes in and, uh, all right, he's been hopeless when he signed full-time, but they had no obligation to take him on yeah. a full-time contract. And actually, he did okay for Steven Gerrard for six months. But I do remember people go, oh, this is, this is, this is crazy, loan money and all that. So this is kind of similar. There, he's, a, he's an inconsistent player with a turn. Oh, I, 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 I think it's a little different, Craig, between Chelsea and Aston Villa. I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea right now are, are on the bones. They're on the bare bones of everything. They're looking like they're going to not even get into Europe. They don't look as though they're going to score a goal. Their best players, what, kick the backside out of retirement. So they are, on, they are on the bare bones. And it's Chelsea. You know, I think the difference with Aston Villa is, well, it's Aston Villa. As long as they don't get relegated, it's OK. Right. Ch Chelsea's not allowed to do that. Uh, Jules, where will he play? That's the good question. He can play as a false nine, of course. He's played there before. The, the thing is, he needs the right players around him to play as a false nine. He needs runners. The thing that Chelsea don't have right now. And that's why I'm saying, OK, I, I agree to, to the extent with Stevie and Nadem. If he's not the only signing right now. Uh, so I, I, I'm pretty I, I want to believe that Chelsea have then other plans coming in the attacking line to come and play with him. Because right now, Joao Felix is great with ball at his feet. He will ask for the ball in his feet. He's, he's not going to run in behind. He doesn't make those runs. Ziyech, the same. Mount, the same. Pulisic, the same. Sterling, the same. A team with no runners cannot have Joao Felix play as a force number nine. It won't work. 
because yes he's press resistant but if there's no movement really around him then you're not going to go anywhere so when we prepared for the show and we said okay with the fit players right now what would be Chelsea's strongest 11 with Joao Felix I played him wide with Kai Havertz in the center because Joao Felix in the center doesn't mean doesn't mean anything with all the players that they well, the players that they have and the players that they have injured anyway already so it's a bit difficult that's why I, I, I believe and surely surely even with the lack of planning that we've seen through the club in the last six months they have other players coming as well now this month to be able to play and partner and get the best out of Joel Felix because right now I'm struggling to see a bit how you get the best out of him and if, if, if look I'm, I'm not I think he's a Terrific talent, but is the manager on board with this? I, it's a, the whole it's, the whole thing is pointless unless he is fully on board with this and they're all working and singing from the yeah. same hymn sheet. How much is Potter consulted with these sort of decisions, if at all, Jules? That's why we we don't know. It looks considering where. <laughs> It looks that this deal that happened today really accelerated today. And I think that if you're a Graham Potter and Chelsea Football Club, and let's not forget that very recently they appointed an army of sporting directors, literally like five of them in the space of a few weeks. So they've got enough in terms of scouting, networks, and sporting directors again, who all do similar things, but also different things at the club. So you would want to believe that this is a collective collective decision really but it also feels very much like a what the kind of thing that Todd Boehly would do on his own when he was the sporting director in the summer oh George Mendes said Joao Felix is great hey why don't we sign him for six months it's going to cost us 20 million but it's okay it sounds very much like that so let's wait and see what Potter says in his press conference which is going to be tomorrow Wednesday I can't remember but it looks very much like a Todd Boehly signing to me more than a Graham Potter signing you kind of get the feeling right that all these people that have come in, Potter's come in, they've got five sporting directors, everybody's all in, and it almost feels as though they're all scared to turn around to Bowley and say no. Right. Just because they've just got their feet in the door. Yeah. Because it almost seems like he's, he's like, I've got a great idea. <laughs> Joe Felix, we've got the money, why not? And they're all going, yeah. And then they go out, shut the door and go, oh, we don't know about this. Because they don't want to say anything. That's, that's what it feels like. I've got a feeling Todd Bowley's probably seen the video of the... Uh, the 6-1 win over Switzerland, Portugal. Uh, yeah. Whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. where Joe Felix was, uh, along with... The, yeah, it was superb. Along with the striker who plays Ronaldo, was, was, yeah. was superb in there. Look, it, it, it could work, but it just smells a little bit to me like the continuation of a... And I called it at the weekend a scattergun approach policy with, you know, just signing after signing after signing. And, and that's what it felt like in the summer. Let's see if that continues on for the rest of January. And as Graham Potter said himself in his press conference, look, if all these guys, if we can't just keep going and signing players because when all these guys get fit, I can't have 30 players. Right. I just can't. So if all these guys are all of a sudden in a few weeks, they're fit again, and they go out and keep this approach with transfer policy, he, he's going to have a huge squad not to pick from, but to keep happy. And 
he said himself at the press conference, that's not a way to work. It was, of course, a new low for Graham Potter during his time at Chelsea in that defeat against Manchester City. Not only did his side lose, but he heard his own fans chanting for Thomas Tuchel, of course, the man that he came and replaced. Uh, Nadam, I thought it was interesting yesterday, Mark Ogden was drawing parallels uh, with David Moyes taking over at Manchester United. The players are looking at Potter and saying, what can you teach me? Is that really what happens? Um, I think from that then, it means you're comparing Sir Alex Ferguson to Thomas Tuchel. I'm not sure I'm on board with that, especially for the significance at the football club. But in some ways, obviously, it's a tough situation for him in the fact that they've got the injuries that they have. But when you look at this Chelsea side play, they also seem very low in confidence. They're not performing to their absolute best. So something is missing. But I think as players go, you do tend to give a manager the benefit of the doubt when they first come in. And I think the best thing about him was the fact that people had seen his Brighton side do well. And even though it's Brighton, they played in a way which sort of was bigger than, say, the name themselves. So you'll have understanding of what he is and potentially what he could stand for. And if his training was good, if his ideas are good, then great. But when results don't go your way, you do start to sort of ask a few more questions. Then you're looking into almost like the character of the manager. How's he, how's he treating the players now? How's he trying to come out of this situation? Does he sound strong? Does he sound weak? Is he, is he looking worried? Is he confident? And at this point, maybe then you do look at him in a particular way and say perhaps he isn't working out. But again, benefit of the doubt suggests that the players are still on board with him, but they're just out of form at this moment in time. And, you know, as the guys were saying there as well, it's going to be so interesting in a few weeks' time when their squad is 25 deep with players who could be playing week in, week out. That's a big test for him again. But as it stands, you know, they're not playing well, but the injuries thing, I think that's a sufficient enough reason at this moment in time. It was a bad performance yesterday, but people believe that when those guys come back that they will be better. And in which case, that means that potentially his job will be a bit easier, but those guys can't come back soon enough, apparently. Do players have that sort of attitude? What, what, what are you going to do for me? Players, players will sniff out early on whether the manager knows what he's talking about or not. And, and if, they, if they don't think he's talking sense, then you, you, they quickly go down the drain. I, I, I would be shocked. You know, Graham Potter hasn't done what he's done in his career. OK, it hasn't been with the Chelsea or one of the so-called big boys. But you've got to know about football and... And you've got to know how to handle players and, and get your, your message over to players. Otherwise, you don't do what he's done. So right. I can't imagine for a second the players are thinking, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm, I'm with Adam. The fact is, even though the manager knows what he's talking about, even though you're trying to do certain things, when it's not happening, there's not a lot you can do about it. All you've got to do is just keep giving 100%. Right. It's got time to turn it around. It's got Fulham, yeah. Palace, Liverpool. Now, if they go south, then the fans will be screaming even more. Yeah. That's when it turns on Bowley uh, and the directors because they'll be getting it in their face. And then we'll find out what kind of ownership we have. He reportedly was given assurances that if results were bad and Champions League was out of reach, that he would be given time to get his philosophy across. He was given those assurances. Now, whether that... Uh, is going to happen remains to be seen but to me he seems like a very level-headed well-spoken well-researched you know guy with a lot of good experience now managing Chelsea that's a different ball game but he's all of a sudden not a bad manager right what should he do between now and Fulham Stevie with those players on the training ground how do you try and it's, fix this situation it's more, it's more to do with keeping them upbeat 
Okay. At this stage, it's more to do with coming in and smiling. Right. You know, as stupid <laughs> as it sounds. Hello. I, I'll tell you, I got, I'll tell you who I got it from. Ron Atkinson. Right. The one thing he did, I, I remember him t- talking to him once, and he said, "You know what? You're the guy at the top, right? If you walk through the door and your tail's between your, he said, everybody will follow you. Yeah. He said, you walk in, and no matter how badly you feel." how annoyed you are at certain players and performances and everything else, you've got to be upbeat and you've got to get everybody going. Right. And you've got to make it very least enjoy training. And then that's the start. And okay. then you go from there. Right. It's that simple. That's he, maybe why you can go into management, the, He's got to work on the... <laughs> sat- <laughs> <laughs> he's got to work on the attitude of the players and get, and get the players kind of bubbling again if he can. Right. And the players accept that? They buy that? Absolutely, yeah. Again, along with knowing what you're talking about. Right. You know, if you come in old smiley and you're talking rubbish, then they'll be thinking, who's this clown? So it's a combination. Uh, Craig mentioned there the three upcoming fixtures, Jules. You look at it, I suppose we're in an unknown situation because we haven't dealt with Todd Bowley that much. Obviously, the Thomas Tuchel situation, it wasn't his guy. So we don't know how much he's going to give Graham Potter with regards to time. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Todd Bailey has never been in that situation before. He's never run a football club like that. Uh, and let's not forget, or let's remind everybody that Graham Potter is four months in a five-year deal. If you sack him now and all his staff, because let's remind everyone as well that he came over from Brighton with all his staff, it would cost Chelsea an absolute fortune. With four and a half years left on their, on their contract, wow. it, would be, it would be a crazy amount. So, in a way, I mean, money might not be a problem and they might be okay to spend 50 million in sacking them all after four months, maybe. But you would think that this is also a bit of an obstacle on what the future holds now and that they will give him some time to see once everybody is back, to see what happens in the Champions League against Milan, of course, next month and then in March and see how better they do or not in, in, in the league, in the Premier League. But it's a tricky situation. They've lost seven out of nine. Yesterday, we said they were embarrassing off the board especially, and Fulham are, gonna, are a very good playing team. And it's, it's, I think it's very worrying when you are so bad without the ball that you even can go to Fulham and not being really sure how you can cope with them having the ball more than you. And, and again, he won't, I, I don't think he would survive many more days like the one that he had yesterday. Uh, it was a bad weekend for Chelsea. Also, not the best weekend for Liverpool. Of course, held at home against Wolves. They could only manage a 2-2 draw. Jurgen Klopp was not happy after the game. And we sent Naden into the lion's den. <laughs> and when you mention those challenges, what would you put that down to, would you say? Oh, in this moment, it's just, I, if you, I'm not sure if you played football, but these kind of things happen. Let's say, yeah, in, when you are two or three, uh, we one situation, then three people think one of the three will have to challenge. <laughs> not sure if you played football. Have you heard of a little team called Scunthorpe, Jürgen? Oh, no, this is Naden scoring for Manchester City again, Scunthorpe. No! <laughs> no! What a finish! What a finish, lads. Look at that. Look Caught at the this. Shoulder. Just send it home. Goal to your oh, home. There you oh, go. Just pass Happy it in the net. Happy days. Pass days. it in the back you know of the net. Yeah. You know what I mean? Back casually, on. as if you do it every day. Oh, it's a tantrum sport. <laughs> <laughs> That's taking a ride back, isn't it? Come on. Uh, have you been playing in your mind, Nathan? What you wish you'd said back to Jurgen? 
Do you know what? If he was in a good mood, I probably would have said something back, but he wasn't in a good mood at all. And I thought for my first time interviewing someone so significant in world football, if I bit back, it might just turn into some sort of argument. So I said, Lair's the content. I'll let you guys enjoy it and we'll move on, get a bit more from him. And yeah, we carry on. I thought I did all right. Uh uh, let's compare, shall we, the, the two careers that uh, Jürgen had compared to yourself, Nadem. Uh, oh, top flight games named zero. What? Look at that. The ba Baden Cup winner what? What's he talking about? I don't know. I don't know if they're real words. Oh, gosh. There's only one winner there. There's only one winner. Let him know. Oh, beautiful. Um, well, I love it. Talking to Derek, that's the biggest cup competition on the planet. Oh, really? Is Biden, that what it is, is it? Biden Cup. The Biden Cup. Uh, there we go. Uh, so we go from FA Cup to Carabao Cup uh, this week on ESPN Plus. We're at the quarterfinal stages. Uh, Manchester United against Chelsea will be our feature game. We'll be here at 2.30. Yeah. Manchester United against Charlton. Sorry. You all right? I thought you said Chelsea. No, I don't think so. Uh, United against Charlton, <laughs> Newcastle against Leicester. Then on Wednesday, it's Forest against Wolves and Southampton take on Manchester City. Uh, so be sure to join us on the next edition of the show. We'll be reflecting on those games. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Meanwhile, Gareth Bale announced his retirement from football today. Uh, the most successful British export ever when you take a look at what he did at Real Madrid. Five times he won the Champions League, three La Liga titles as well. Of course, a bit of a swan song in MLS, scoring the key goal as LAFC won MLS Cup. And for Wales, being such a leader on the pitch, of course, a key part of the side that finished third in Euro 2016. Nadam, do you have any Gareth Bale stories you'd like to share? Um, positive ones or just stories in general? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, What's a negative one? No, it's just, he's it's, it's obviously a fan, he's had a fantastic career, fantastic player. Do you know, I personally think he didn't fully achieve his full, he didn't get to his full potential. But still, as you look at what everything he's achieved there, it's spectacular. And he seems like he's retiring young, but, you know, this is, this is who he is. I remember a time playing against him. 
And this is when he was at Spurs. He was bombing down the wing, and I was playing right back. I think it was for Sunderland. Kicked a ball past me, ran, then fell over. And then, I was, and then the ref was looking at him like, what happened? And he looked at me and says, oh, I thought you were going to kick me. So at that point, I don't think his heart was as big as it probably ended up being. But yeah, he's, had, um, he's obviously had a fantastic career. I still have zero trophies, and I didn't make a Champions League squad. So I'm just going to say bravo, Gareth Bale, Welsh icon, and a British football legend. I think some of his performances are forgotten because of his antagonistic uh, attitude towards the end at Real Madrid. Right. Some of the years, and, and there was good times and bad times, but some of his performances, thinking back Champions League final, yes. Copa del Rey final, yep. when he scored that great goal, when he knocked it around the fullback, he was in the technical area, still managed to get, here we go. It was against Barter, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, just, just amazing. And I'm, I'm a little bit the opposite from Nedham in a way, and I think at one point he did reach his potential. We didn't see that at the end, but at one point he was almost unstoppable. Power, pace, great left foot, strong in the air. And I just feel for him, I don't, I don't feel for him, I just feel in a sense that there's a perception that it was about, in the end, golf and antagonising Real Madrid fans and it was only about Wales. But for long periods, there was a lot of great stuff. What it seemed, with the exception of Wales, Stevie, he just kind of fell out of love with the game. Yeah, and I think I'm kind of glass. I'm stuck right in the middle. Okay. Because, I, I, like Craig, I think about all the great goals he scored. I mean, he got a, a hat trick in the San Siro, yes. and he basically did it on his own. You know, at one stage, again, as Craig said, in the Premier League, at one stage, it was if Gareth Bale turns up today, doesn't matter who the oppos opposition is, we'll, um, Tottenham's winning. I mean, this guy was just. It was just get the ball to Gareth. It was like schoolboy stuff. Get the ball to Gareth and he'll score. I think at the end of the day, it's the injury situation and just his personality, the fact that he doesn't speak, he doesn't say anything good or bad. He maybe could have helped himself. Because right. he clearly had awful injury problems the last, what, three seasons? And if he had just opened up and told us, then maybe we wouldn't have that sort of bad taste in the mouth the way career ended. But you've got to look at some of the goals he scored. I mean, my goodness. Big goals as well yeah. in the finals. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Jules, your reflections on Bale? Well, yeah, the debate here is where does he stand in the list of the greatest British players of all time? Really, is he right at the top? Certainly, what he's won puts him right up there. You can argue of course if you if you prefer Rooney, Moore, Charlton, whoever you want best, whoever you want to choose of course but you have to say that he's easily in that top five, top three and, and for some of us would be number one as well. He was an incredibly talented kid from Cardiff to make it all the way to Real Madrid to win the five Champions League and be being so important in those wins was certainly for four of the five. Uh, it's, it's incredible, really, and, and I think that debate is, is the right debate to have, and I think he deserves to have a shot of maybe being one of the greatest ever. I was, as you know, I said to you, I was doing some radio today in the UK, and when I was waiting to go on, I was listening to a caller. <laughs> even about, I mean, I had the privilege of <laughs> listening to some of this nonsense for about three or four minutes. And it, the discussion was that, that Jules mentioned there was, was about this, how great he was. And the caller's, uh, the caller's argument was that if you take the five Champions League that he won, 
that, that he's won away. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I usually just, just well, I wish we had corners on this show It'd be fun <laughs> Seriously Well you know Gareth Bale was lucky Because it could have been Any British player Playing at Real Madrid And they could have won Five Champions League Think about some of the goals He scored in Champions League finals Some uh, of his performances Yeah, yeah. You know, What can he What can he What can he call in his eye <laughs> All these things That you've won in front of you uh, You know Alright Why don't we just take Why don't we take Pele's three World Cups away yeah. Why don't we just take this one done. off Messi I mean honestly <laughs> You can't deny. I mean, I, I don't... What's happened in the last two or three years has happened. Yeah. I don't think it, to me, it doesn't detract from all the good things that he did. Right. It's just... Is it ideal? No. You, you it's, it's just because you, you, it's in the forefront of your mind, that's all. It's, right. it's impossible not... I didn't get when your name's, Champions League. When the name's mentioned, <laughs> it's impossible not to turn around right away, right now, and think about the last three years. Yeah. It's impossible. You retired early as well, Craig. Was that due to injury or did you fall out of love with it? Both. Both. I couldn't wait to stop. And I, I kind of see, I kind of see that in him a little bit. I, I had a few operations near the end. Once you get in your 30s, it's difficult. And Stevie played on. He loved playing. He went down the leagues yeah. and he loved playing. I hated it. Really? I hated it. I tried to go down a little bit and I couldn't do it. I just, I just hated it. And when you hate it, Right. And you hate going to training and you hate playing. You don't look forward to the weekend. You don't look forward to the games. And that is a detrimental effect. And I look at him and I think he just got, he fell out of love with playing. Yeah. He fell out of love with dragging his body through it Monday through Friday and then putting himself out there in a weekend. And we saw that in his demeanour and I don't know, the last 36 months. Nadim, is it kind of more common than we think? Because obviously most football fans, their dream is to be a footballer. And it's kind of shocking that maybe some players who play professionally don't love it as much as maybe we think they should. Um, I think the fact that you said think they should is the, is the biggest thing. Like there are some players who I've played with who are obsessed with the game. They're the ones who will never, like they'll drop down through the leagues as far as possible just so they can continue to play. Whereas for Gareth Bale, you know, it seems like he didn't really have that same connection. You know, this was the guy, and whether reports were true or not, who didn't necessarily feel like he wanted to be part of like that Real Madrid culture. But then you think, well, Real Madrid, if you love football, like that's the that's one of the most iconic cultures in world football. But he is ultimately he's different. You know, he has different things which he enjoys arguably more at this point in time. But one thing about him was his ability was incredible. When he was at his absolute best, he was essentially unplayable. And it's just a shame to see that like the last few years, as Craig was saying, with the injuries and the like, you know, he wasn't the same player. Every so often you might see a flash, but then for long periods in the game, you'll see nothing. I think when you look at the World Cup or the way he played for Wales overall, the moment he had was winning the penalty against Walker Zimmerman and then scoring it. But in that other get in the game there, there was nothing else that was going on. But I think football's different. It's full of lots of different personalities. People driven by different things, whether it's money, whether it's the goals, whether it's just being involved in a team situation. And everyone is unique, and we can definitely say that about Gareth Bale, because the way that he's sort of played the game has been one thing, but the way, as say Stevie was saying as well, with him not really coming out and speaking too much, like it kind of sets, makes people wonder. And I think that's why probably for the last three years, it's probably affected the way that we've thought about somebody who, you know, from a sort of uh, honest standpoint, is probably number one as a British export, but still it doesn't feel right because of the fact that, you know, he's holding up a banner saying like Wales, golf, and then Real Madrid. You know, you can't help but just remember those moments, unfortunately. But, you know, people don't know what goes on behind the scenes sometimes. You know, players put themselves through a lot. 
We talk about the love of the game, but you, I tell you, the love of the game's tough when you're going into training an hour before to try and get over an injury, you're breaking down 10 minutes into training, then you go into the docks, you're having more injections in your calf or your thigh or your back or whatever it is, and that's not working, and it's a constant battle. Mm. That drains you as a professional. Stand, standing in the gym watching everybody running around. Yeah. Right. It's, that, it's weird how you remember stuff like that. On a cold day, standing by the heater, looking out the window, because you can't run with the lads. Right. Standing on your own thinking about when you're going to play, when am I going to be fit, am I ever going to be fit? So there are, there are days when, when it gets to everybody. No, the argument against him would be, well... You could do it for Wales. Miraculously, yeah. there was a fit, no fitness issues or not many around Wales. Uh, but that's just, look, that's his character. If you, if you, you know, if somebody bumped into Gareth Bale and threw a few of these accusations about him, about his character towards the end of his career, I honestly personally think that he really is not interested in what people's opinion is. No. He'll be like, look, I did what I did. I had my career. It was very successful. And I'm done. Uh, just a reminder, if you ever miss a show, you can download our daily podcast, which is available over on the website. Plenty of uh, bonus material for you there as well. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Quite the hoo-ha in French football. It all started with Nola Gray, the uh, president, saying Zidane to Brazil, I don't give a toss. <laughs> a he can go wherever he wants, to a club or to a national team. I don't really care about it. Did he try to ring me? Definitely not. I wouldn't have even picked up the phone for him. Uh, this caused quite the stir, of course, given uh, Zinedine Zidane and what he's done for France uh, during his career. Mbappe tweeted Zidane, he is France. You don't show a lack of respect to a legend like that. Uh, meanwhile, the front page of Le Keep uh, led with unacceptable. Uh, Jules, what's the latest? Is he gone? Not yet, but there's certainly the pressure is mounting uh, more and more hours after hours. There's more revelations today about uh, some of his bad behavior towards women that we knew before and there's already an investigation from the sports minister but also the justice services and now there will be more He's 81 years old, somehow was re-elected until 2024. So it's hard to 
to get him out uh, but the pressure is mounting so much that I think eventually he will have to go everybody's calling for him to go every single media outlet back home players like of the power of Mbappe you know are lobbying Frank Ribéry we heard we heard Michel Platini saying okay if you ask me to take over I see what I can do and if Platini gets involved <laughs> you know Usually it's not good for you. So from Emmanuel Macron, who's the president, the, the country's president, who said who said to be very disappointed in Le Graet, I think is the beginning of the end. Finally for him, because he should have gone a long time ago. At what point do you think, basically, <laughs> rubbing one of the greats of your country's nose in it? Yeah, how's that ever going to go down? How's that going to sort of have a positive impact on? public perception of you. Yes. I mean, it's bonkers, isn't it? I yes. mean, it, that rhetoric, that rhetoric towards pretty much anybody, never mind uh, somebody who one day could be the manager of your country is just, abs I, Jules is right, that, that, that man cannot, no. cannot stay in that post. Uh, Jules, obviously he's given an extension though to Deschamps till 2026. You've been quite critical of Deschamps uh, over the years. Was this the right decision? Well, I think the most, imp the most interesting thing is that the French Federation, like a law federation, have a, an executive committee that takes decisions together, except that that decision was taken by Deschamps and Le Graet on their own in Le Graet's house in Brittany, literally together decided that, yeah, you can get a four-year extension, that they also discussed, as we discovered in the Le Graet interview on Sunday on French radio, that they've discussed a successor for Le Graet after 2024, so it feels very much like Deschamps and Le Graet are controlling French football right now, which is wrong. And Deschamps is getting stick for it too. So it's not, it's not really the, the things that Deschamps wanted. Le Graet, as we said, is going, to go on, is going to be gone very soon. And for Deschamps, I think that's added pressure now. I think people would have been okay of a two-year extension, well, 18 months until the Euros 2024, and then you can reassess the situation. To give him an extra four years now felt, felt very strange. And, and again, I think that adds a lot of pressure on Deschamps. What's the Dan going to do, Jules? Well, that's the, that's the big question now because he was clearly waiting. He thought that Deschamps would go now and that he could take over now. And we know that he's the next one. If he's free and wants the job still at the time, he will be the one coming next. But now that means waiting at least, well, at least another 18 months. And then I guess if the Euros is a disaster, then Deschamps can be gone in 2024 and, and Zidane can take over. He said no to all the other approaches. We reported this weekend that the US men's national team and US Federation approached him and he said no. We know that Brazil approached him and he said no. We know that Portugal very likely also approached him that he said no. There's also a case that we have to, to just put here is that if Le Graet goes and there's a new French FA president, then he can also say to Deschamps, mm, do you know what, that contract, I don't want you here for that long, so I want you to get out now and bring my own guy, and my own guy could be Zinedine Zidane as well, and you pay off Deschamps. So there's a lot of things that can happen for Zidane to get the job before 2026. As you mentioned, Zidane turned down the US job, the Brazil job, and uh, apparently the Portuguese job, which has now been given to Roberto Martinez. <coughs> Head scratcher. <laughs> Absolute head scratcher. What's the saying? I didn't know you were going to, be... to me. Uh, no, that's all right, Jules. Oh. I, I was looking at Stevie. Better to be well, lucky than good. It was like well, a pause. Yesterday, Jules, we were talking about this, and I said, if if you're Portugal, 
then if you're on the panel, whoever's picking the manager, at the top of the list is, who can we get to take us over the line? Who is there who's proven and who, who we can get to do that job? Yeah. And if that's, and I'm assuming that's what it should be, the, the, the outline of the job, why are you going for, for Roberto Martinez? Because he didn't do that. That's exactly why Belgium brought him in, to take them over the line. He's shown he couldn't do that. So why would Portugal think they can do it? They can now do it with them. No, I don't. Makes know, no sense. I don't know what Ronaldo's current situation internationally is, is or is going to be. He said he's going to talk to him about it. Right. <laughs> Who's more difficult to handle, Cristiano Ronaldo or Eden Hazard? Right. Clearly, He'll definitely say the former. Yeah. It, it, it's the former. Oh, the latter, Eden Hazard. <laughs> It's harder. No, Ronaldo's harder to deal no, with. No, Ronaldo's harder to deal with. But if you couldn't deal, it seems, in the end, with Eden Hazard, because he must have told him he was playing, definitely told him he was captain, we've discussed this, mm -hmm. played him in pretty much all the games until the last game when it was desperation stakes and it was, it was a shambles by that time. What confidence is anybody going to have that he's going to solve a difficult conundrum and headache with Ronaldo because like Man United, Portugal have to move on. Yeah. They can't keep going back to the well with this player. They have to move on. And he's proven himself incapable, Martinez this is, of being able to handle a situation with a big player and one who's been as bad as Hazard. Ronaldo's been nowhere near that bad. He hasn't been his old self, obviously, because of age. But he's been nowhere near as bad as Eden Hazard. Eden Hazard was the easiest decision on the planet to make. <laughs> Could have got the bus driver in and said, is he playing? And he went, not a chance. <laughs> and Roberto Martinez thought he was going to contend at the World Cup with him and the team. Yeah. And now he's got the Portugal job. Oh, my God. Uh, Naden, what do you make of this appointment? Yeah, I think uh, I think with the guys here, it doesn't doesn't feel like the right sort of appointment. And I heard with Martinez as well that maybe he's going to go into club football. So I'm surprised to see him go to another nation. And also, I believe most countries want to have somebody from their place there to represent them. I don't think Martinez is from Portugal. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe it'll look even more weird if Thierry Henry follows him and he's on the sideline for Portugal. You know, these are things which, you know, it might work out. But it doesn't feel like it will. Obviously, with this Belgian side, they took them, you know, the rankings don't matter, but they kind of show something. And they took them into the top two, top one, whatever, top four. And that was good for them. They showed progress. But I think come the end, he showed too much loyalty. I think looking at someone like Eden Hazard, he wasn't producing at all. But still, he was the captain and still he was playing. But he wasn't really a benefit to the side. I think for him, maybe a fresh start is going to be the best thing for him because he doesn't have to show that loyalty. You know, if Ronaldo... Lee, if Ronaldo retires from international football, that's probably easier for him. But I think maybe this is where we'll see the better version of him because he has to start afresh. And I think when he did that for uh, Belgium at the start, I thought he did do a good job. But as I say, the wheels kind of fell off come, come the end. You know, you know, I just honestly, and he knows this. Do you know what happens sometimes with these jobs? And I'm being serious. Some of these guys just interview better than others. Right. And they pitch up with laptops and all different data analysis, you know, sheets and, 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 and worksheets and all this. And I'm, I'm telling you, and Muppets sit back 
and we've just heard about one in France. Yes. Uh, you know. Uh, who's making big decisions in France and coming out with ludicrous statements like that. We have people sit there and are bamboozled and fascinated by this and go, this sounds amazing. Do you know how many people that get into jobs, particularly right. in the football business, on that merit? And Roberto Martinez is a nice guy, right? He is a nice fella. But he's a very good talker right. to people about how he's going to achieve things and how they're going to go about it. There's no doubt he puts out the blueprint in a manner in which is, is pretty much as good as most people in the game. Yeah, sells his sell well. Yep. How would you get on with a PowerPoint presentation, Steve, I'd putting that get, together? I'd, just throw I'd never get a job in a million years. <laughs> I wouldn't really get it going. Imagine you, like I can imagine you walking in with a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Jules, just back to France for a moment. Uh, Hugo Lloris has retired uh, from international football. Does this mean Mbappe will be the new captain? Well, we will have to, to see, but yeah, I think he's he's heavy candidate. Him and Rafael Varane, I think, are the two outstanding. Wow. Potential successor to um, to Lloris, depending on what Deschamps wants and what he's looking for. Um, I think just in the reaction to the Zidane Le Great incident that we discussed, Mbappe was the first one to you know to come out publicly on social media on his own social media to to react to it compared to others who we're still waiting to hear from, for example. So I think he's getting more and more that kind of responsibilities and that kind of, of weight, really. Uh, Varane is a very good choice. You could go for someone, but somebody else, you know, Griezmann, if you want, uh, Pogba, if you want. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what Deschamps is going to do, but uh, there's certainly a lot of people back home who feel like Mbappe could be the right guy and that he's ready for it. We will have to wait and see. For Lloris, I think it's, uh, it's an incredible 14-year career with the national team, 145 caps, 121 of them as captain, the World Cup, the Nations League, some finals as well. He, he's been a great servant to French football. Why'd you say wow? Mbappe. Mm. You, want, you want a guy who's all about him to be your captain? No. Mm. There we go then. Uh, a lot more then on what's been going on at France on the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast. Uh, no Gab, he's still on holiday. Our Don is in. Are we sure he's actually, has he been found? Has he been located? <laughs> I think he's in Argentina, isn't he, at the moment? Um, be sure to check out the latest show. Now, once again, the Spanish Super Cup is in Saudi Arabia. Of course, four teams competing to win it. The semi-finals take place over Wednesday and Thursday. It's Real Madrid against Valencia. And then 24 hours later, Real Betis against Barcelona. That came live on ESPN2 and ESPN+. And La Liga continues this weekend without, obviously, those sides. Friday, Celta Vigo take on Villarreal. You've got four games for you on Saturday and two on Sunday with Almeria taking on Atleti at 10.15 Eastern. Uh, Football Americas is back after their break over the Christmas period. Be sure to check that out. You can see that now on ESPN+. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com network, all lowercase.
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. That is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much uh, to Jules. We'll let you go. Nadim will stay and do extra time with us alongside Craig and Stevie. Yes, you are. Stay with us. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Nader Manure is with us, as is Craig and Stevie. Stevie, would you be more disappointed if you're a Liverpool fan or a Chelsea supporter this season? I think he got to see Chelsea. Right. I mean, Liverpool are clinging on to the possibility of a top four spot. Yeah. Whereas Chelsea, you feel right now, it's like... Liverpool are three points ahead of Chelsea. I know, but the the feeling is that Liverpool are not done yet. Right. I, I can't figure out where Chelsea's next win's coming from. Really? Yeah. And on paper as well, the team doesn't look that bad, but it's performing. Well, it's performing worse than Liverpool. The Liverpool is exactly on fire right now. Uh, given your Manchester City ways, Nadem, obviously you had a strong dislike for Liverpool. Has that now intensified after Jurgen Klopp questioned whether or not you'd ever play? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, Jurgen Klopp didn't know I played for City anyway. Didn't know I played football, so did it really matter? <laughs> Uh, no, I think that's my first time going to Anfield, uh, not in a playing standpoint. It was an interesting experience because I thought it was going to be really lively, you know, friendly and so on. But as Steve was saying, there's something missing there at the moment. And some of the fans are quite unhappy, but yeah, I don't I don't hate Liverpool. I just I just like Manchester. That's, let's just put it that way. Liverpool got, Liverpool got some problems to get over, but come on. West London, it's like a... Yeah, it's trouble, isn't it? Big, yeah, big grenade line there waiting to go off. Yes. I mean, with yeah. the ownership and at least Liverpool know they've got the, they've got the basis of a good team that's just not playing well. They've got a manager who's proven and been over the course many times. <laughs> Chelsea have got an unproven at this level manager at this level and a a, a squad that have just been thrown at the dartboard. Bosh. Yeah. Pick that. So no, no. Uh, Nadem. Start, bench and sell, in their prime. Ooh. Frank Ribery, Eden Hazard, Gareth Bale. Uh, in their prime, I would go start Gareth Bale, uh, bench. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Eden Hazard, and I think I'd probably have to sell Frank Ribery, but that's a tough one. But Bale, given the fact that when he was playing at his best, he was unplayable against absolutely anybody. Yeah, I think I've got to start with him though. But yeah, I think Ribery would have to go and that's tough because I remember playing against him under-21s for England. And oh. honestly, yeah, sorry, it's just, let me tell you about my life, yeah. So we played against France in the playoff uh, to make it to the Euros. And we were walking out, I think it was at White Hart Lane. And there was this guy, just really skinny guy, looked like nothing in particular. 
thought, ah, it's just, just a, one of the French players. He put on a 90-minute masterclass in his first leg. It was ridiculous. I thought, who is this guy? And it was so bad that the left-back that was playing in that first game, because I was like 17, 18 at the time, the left-back that was playing in the game for us uh, then, it was Peter Whiskam, who died a few years ago, unfortunately. He got dropped for the next game, and I had to play left-back to try and stop him. That was an experience over in Nice trying to do that. But yeah, Frank Ribery was incredible, but unfortunately, just not as incredible as those other two for me. Do you agree, Bale, Hazard, Ribery in that order? I'd go Bale, Ribery and sell Hazard. Would you? Well, you get 100 million for them. <laughs> <laughs> Making yourself laugh. <laughs> oh, you would, wouldn't you? Right, so you've either got... You've please, please with you've either, Well, no. Because well, you've either got to go Bale, Ribery, Hazard or right. Hazard, Ribery, Bale. Right. Because the same thing, you've got 100 yeah, million for Bale. Yeah, I, I don't think that's really the basis of Well, the that's the way I'm going to put that. Is that the way you are? What about you, Burley? No I'd get 100 million for a uh, I'm not first now. Hey, wait, did you have a nice day yesterday? Me? Yeah. You toddled off. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, obviously we did the city game and I didn't do and the then, show afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah went out. Big time. Yeah, exactly. Took the, the family out for a meal. Very yeah. nice. Well, that's more important. Well, you didn't go to Abachi again, did you? No, we went to Mexican. Oh, right. Mexican. That would have meant which is nice. If you went to Abachi, if you went to Abachi, he gets angry. You get angry. Why are you going there? Stop it. <laughs> what are you going there for? Who goes for, who goes for lunch on a Sunday? <laughs> uh, which team did you hate playing against in your playing days and why? By the way, that's not right yet. What's that? The finger? Yeah. No, it's oh, not I right. Thought, no, I thought no, he still no, had his band-aid on it. No. Oh, it's exposed it right. for a Don't point it at me. Don't, yeah, don't touch don't it. Don't point it. Uh, Southampton was yours, yeah? You hated playing against Southampton? I always struggled down at the Dell. The right. Old, the old Dell. Yeah. Strangest thing. You know, you know what you, you know what to expect. Yes. I mean, you just you know what's coming, and somehow, even with the because they weren't we very had, good well, back then either. Oh, even with the players that we had, we still somehow never managed to deal with it. Weird. When did you hate playing Nathan? Uh, absolutely detested uh, playing at the Britannia against Stoke, and this was during like prime Roy de Lap times. You know, that whole saying, can you do it on a Tuesday night where it's like, I couldn't do it. I literally could not do it. I lost every time I went there and it was always a nightmare. The ball was flying in 30, 40, 50 yard throw-ins. First ball, second ball, third ball. The wind just howling in through the gaps in the stands. Oh, absolutely de detested it. Absolutely detested it. And I would never take anything away from there as well. So I think that's the spot for me. Wow. Victoria ground wasn't the best either, was it? No, no. Was, was, ground, was that the old That was before, game. before yeah. the Britannia. Uh, mm. That was the old ground. And they could get a decent crowd in there, good atmosphere, but always seemed to be, yeah, freezing. That swirling wind. Right. Every single, doesn't matter the time of year. Okay, there's always a swirling wind. Right. Always. Nightmare. Where, where did I'm, you not know, like But you know, I like, I, uh, yeah, the Dell was never, Grimsby. There was a lot of Blundell Park. There was a lot of places. Yeah. Grimsby. Oh, some not low leagues, yeah, but oh. I mean, you know Goodison? I'll, I'll, in fact, it's just weird because I like playing at Goodison. I like going there because it's old fashioned stadium at the time and good atmosphere. But no matter who I was playing with, we always just seemed to get beat. Right. <laughs> and it's one of those, one of those things. Yeah. Derby, Chelsea. Didn't matter. But I, I like going there because right. it was a good ground. Yeah. But never seemed to, I don't think I ever went there and got a victory. With the year reaching peak winter, 
Was the cold ever an issue for players within the squad? Any uh, cold, snowy memories, Nadem? Um, poor. Not really. There was, I think, Robinho was wearing tights. He was probably one of the first players I saw wearing tights that I ever played with. But the one for me was actually my last ever game. It was uh, Real Salt Lake. Um, we were playing against Sporting Kansas City. It was the only game I ever played in where you had to bring out the orange ball because the snow was so bad. And we only played it basically because the fixture had to be fulfilled because it was the last game of the season. You try and roll the ball five yards, it just accumulates snow. <laughs> it was without a doubt one of the most ridiculous games that I've ever seen. When you couldn't even see across the field. But still, it was nice for me because as I was, as I was walking off, I thought, well, I've done it, I've finished. And it's something to really try and remember the game by because it was absolutely ridiculous. So I'd probably say that one. And what I would say as well in relation to that, I didn't wear gloves in the game till I was 30 years of age because I really used to think people would be judging me. And then as I got older, I thought, well, it's actually quite nice to have your hands warm because the people <laughs> shouting at you in the stands are all wrapped up in their big jackets, warm drinks and all this. And here I am trying to be 10 men with a short sleeve shirt on. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Scotland, there must be some cold places up there. Well, when I went back there. Up, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I went back up to play at Celtic and Aberdeen on a midweek. Right. Wet. Even eight o'clock kickoff, whatever it was, wet, sleet, February, the wind coming off the North Sea because it's not far; it's right on the north, on the coast there. And you know, you go up there with the kit hamper's got one kit in it, one set of kit. It's not, it's not. So that was it. That's it, and it's soaking. And you sit down, you don't realise you're playing, and you you don't realise to half time. Yeah. And you come in, and you're just soaking wet and there's nothing to change into and you go back you, gotta, you know you've got to go back out and it's a tough game oh, you know, yeah. a tough game as well oh and no gloves right no gloves no, not allowed no no as Nadam says why would you not no, john clark the kit man would have he would have no right. no, no. no. Not, not allowed stevie we played a game in new york in march okay you couldn't run you just couldn't, players couldn't move. Right. Were it you coaching so or were you playing? I was coaching. Right. We were freezing in a dugout <laughs> and we had all kinds on. Yeah. And the game had to be played. Right. And it wasn't snowing or in, it was just, just bitter. freezing. I mean, we couldn't play. Nobody could run. It was just, uh, the, I mean, the ball was solid. Yeah. Even the ball was freezing. <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare. No fun. Uh, who on the panel plays uh, FPL? Wait a minute, actually no. Oh. No, I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one I was coaching. We we got a call, right? We got a call on a Friday to tell us that we were playing well we knew we were playing a, an open US Open Cup match in Kansas on the Tuesday. Okay. And we got a call on the Friday to tell us that there was a tornado warning for the Tuesday. Right. So I, in my stupidness, automatically thought, well, there's no way we're going to Kansas. No. No, we had. We had to go. We had to go. We flew there on Monday night. I'm like, what are we doing? We, so they know there's a tornado coming and we're flying into it. Anyway, so we fly in on the Monday. Because yes. we were told, MLS told us that if there was flights to wherever, right. still, then we had to go with it. Wow. It wasn't until they cancelled flights we wouldn't go. Okay. Anyway, so we fly in. So about, about midday on the Tuesday, we're in the hotel and all the sirens went off. 
So everybody had to get down into the basement of the hotel <laughs> with all these sirens going on, wondering what's, what's going on. Ended up, it wasn't that bad. Right. Just howling winds, rain. Yeah. Crazy winds, the whole lot. Right. So we played that night. Winds blowing about 40 mile an hour. It was a college facility. It was raining and it was cold. So we sat down, we had all the gear on, big jacket, the whole thing. And after about 10 minutes, I'm sitting there like that. And I'm going, I'm freezing here. And then I look along and everybody's freezing. The gear we had on wasn't waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> so all the coaching staff and all the play, all the all the subs were all sat absolutely soaking wow. and freezing and couldn't move because all the gear we had on wasn't waterproof. Brilliant. They went to sit there for Who's 90 minutes. Who's in charge about you? Aye. Yeah. Oh, you must we went to sit there for 90 minutes. Surprise, surprise, we got beat. Yeah. And the, the lads who sent on his subs couldn't move. Yeah. They were, oh, Hold on, you were, you were in charge of... Oh, seriously. You're in charge of the. Well, I was in charge of the gear. You were in charge of a barrel. I mean, you kind of. A you barrel. Kind of, you just kind of automatically think the stuff's going to be waterproof, don't you? Yeah. Until yeah. 10 yeah. minutes in, and everybody's like sitting like that. There we go. Uh, final question Who on the panel uh, plays uh, FPL, which is, of course, Fantasy Premier League? You don't. I used to. Yes. I used to play in Russ and Olds. Yes, yeah. Antonio. Yes. Who is still. Is yeah, he still works here. Still works here, but yes. he works from home. Yes. Somewhere. Tennessee is. Tennessee. It? Yep. And. I enjoyed it for the first couple of years, and then it was pointless in the end because I kept. I'd have a few weeks. I'd forget to do it. Yes. And by that time, you're winning. Yes. Or yeah. somebody yes, else. Yes. Exactly. So no. I just you lost interest. No. I lost interest. I enjoyed it for a while. Oh, I'm surprised you gave such a nice answer. I gave it to it. Normally, you'd say it's just people sitting around in underpants. Well, at that point, I was generally sitting around at my desk. Oh, there you go. I would do it at my desk when I came into work. Yes. Yeah. But then I would forget, as I said, yeah. and you took it too seriously. Yes. And Adam, do you play it? money involved. I mean, no, yeah, there wasn't. It was just, no, no. I do. I do. I do. And I, I overthink it so much, but I'm around 1,050 points. Things are looking up because I was a disaster. But yeah, I, right. I do play it. And it's good fun, yeah. It's good fun. Uh, do players play it, Nathan? Uh, no, they don't really. They don't really. But that was when I was that was when I was in the Premier League because it'd be a bit weird to be picking yourself. But you know, in the Championship, some people do. I think some people do. But again, right. it's the real thing about separating real-world football versus somebody getting an assist because it's just hit their back. You know what I mean? It's two different worlds altogether, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is. Stevie, a world that you are very much not involved. Yeah, yeah I'm disappointed. I'm oh, was that garbage. really enjoyable one we did here nonsense. as well? <laughs> the Champions League one. <laughs> I suppose that never took off. Uh, that is it then. That brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you very much. Um, are you here tomorrow as well? I, I, I presume so. Yeah, we'll be here tomorrow to reflect Carabao on Cup. Carabao Cup action. Is it United against Charlton? Are you here? Today is it? Tuesday Wednesday. Tomorrow. Tuesday tomorrow. I don't know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 